Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. From days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe. Legend. <laughs> What's wrong with you? My first thought would be a lot. Time for the Henry Show. Whatever he is, he destroys Daniel Diggins! Yes! I can dig it. What's up, everybody? You've tuned into the Ken Reedy Show. Thank you all for tuning in. Blog Talk Radio slash or blogtalkradio.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Uh, call in. We're talking pro wrestling. Victory Road tonight. Road to WrestleMania ongoing. 347-838-9815. That number again is 347-838-9815. Check out some archive shows and interviews on com, And check us out on Facebook. We are always got wrestling conversations, debates going on there, news, breaking news. So check us out on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in. As always, become very customary. I got my tag team partner on the line. Dave, how are you today? I'm doing good. The long distance co-host with the most is ready to rock and roll. Let's do this. Hell yeah! We got some big announcements, and let's just, you know, let's get right into it. We're not going to be one of those shows that waits and waits and, like, just keep listening. We're going to get, we're going to give you our announcement right now. As we've talked about, we're going to be down in Miami uh, for WrestleMania weekend. And the really cool thing is, if you're a wrestling fan and you have Sirius XM radio, Busted Open is going to be down there, and Busted Open is doing a show on Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. So they'll be on Sirius XM. If you have Sirius XM and you have the Internet, well, listen to this. You'll get six hours of pro wrestling talk because the Ken Reedy Show will be going live from Miami from 2 to 4 right here on blogtalkradio.com. We'll be down in Miami doing our show. So, And if you don't get Sirius XM... And you can't listen to Busted Open during the day, then you can just listen to us 2 to 4 p.m. on the Saturday of WrestleMania weekend. So it's going to be a little bit different. We're not going to be on on the Sunday of WrestleMania. It's going to kind of be a pre-Hall of Fame cocktail party, uh, talking about WrestleMania with thoughts, predictions, opinions. And you know what? And that's our next show because next week I'm actually road tripping. And we're not going to be doing a show next week, so check out thekenreedyshow.com for classic episodes of The Ken Reedy Show. Um, but our next show is going to be the Saturday of, Hall of, Fame, of WrestleMania weekend, the Hall of Fame Saturday, live from Miami. And the big news is my tag team partner has been working diligently 
to try and get us uh, to make it special, to do something really cool, to kind of beef up. I mean, it's WrestleMania weekend, and we know that, and we know that makes it special, but we wanted to we wanted to add a little bit. So, Dave, what do you got for us? All right. Um, yeah, you're right. I have been working pretty diligently with this individual. Him and I go back uh, about six years, uh, have, uh, you know, become friends per se. Uh, well, yeah, we, we we are friends. We don't see each other as much because uh, we live out of state, but, you know, different states. But uh, WrestleMania weekend, Saturday, March 31st, I have uh, – the negotiations are final, and from 2 to 4 p.m. in between those two hours, we will have former WWE superstar, the Hurricane, Shane Helms, live on our show discussing WrestleMania weekend, discussing whatever you like, and call in, ask questions. Um, I don't know how long Shane's going to be in the studio for, because I know that he, um, he's he got some uh, commitments that weekend. He's going to be attending the uh, Kevin Nash party the previous night, but he's also going to be in town for um, for uh, the Wrestle Reunion, which is uh, Sunday morning from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. But we got uh, we got Sugar Shane in the house, and uh, I know that he's uh, he's got some things that he probably wants to talk about, and uh, he's a pretty cool guy, so hopefully, uh, you know, we get some callers and uh, some questions, and he's, uh, he's, he's an open book, man, so you can ask him anything you want. So, man, I'm pretty pumped, man. Yeah, so the hurricane... Going to Miami, and there's a hurricane coming. We got the hurricane. Shane Helms will be live on the Ken Reedy Show. So check us out. Remember, WrestleMania weekend, the Saturday, not the Sunday, the Saturday from 2 to 4 p.m. Live March from Miami. 31st. What was that? March 31st. March 31st. And we will have live in studio the hurricane, Shane Helms. So, yeah, I'm kind of pumped. So, yeah, call in, some stuff. Hopefully he'll give us, uh, you know, some info, what he's doing right now, how the injury is, is going, you know, the healing process. But I, I'm I'm psyched. And you know what? We'll see what we can do. Maybe we can land uh, some other guests for that show. But it's WrestleMania weekend. It's live from Miami. It's the Ken Reedy Show. It's Ken and Dave and the Hurricane. So check us out, blogtalkradio.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. I'm pretty pumped. How about you? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm definitely pumped. It's been my, it's been about three years since I've uh, since I've seen Shane in person. Last time I was with him was on his birthday. We uh, he came to Connecticut in town and uh, we uh, we celebrated uh, his birthday. So it's been you know a few years. We go back and forth through texting. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him. It's always a fun time hanging out with uh, with uh, Sugar Shane Helms. I, we probably got some stories, some fun stories we could tell. Um, about our travels, um, you know, hanging out together and stuff like that. But uh, he's a good guy. He's just overall, he's just a good guy. And uh, actually, um, some news for some people who don't who don't know, but recently he announced that he's uh, going to be a father. His girlfriend's expecting a baby. So uh, uh, yeah, I'm very happy for him. And Shane, if you're listening, congratulations once again. I know I told you this uh, a few weeks ago, but congratulations. I'm very happy for you, brother. And I'm looking forward to seeing you on the 31st. There's a little hurricane coming. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, it, Miami. Miami's going to be off off the chain come WrestleMania weekend. It's going to be. It's going to. If, if hurricane season's coming early, WrestleMania weekend to Miami, and there might not be anything of South Beach left once the Ken Reedy show and wrestling fans worldwide uh, <laughs> after they're done with it. So it's going to be a good time. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, yeah, so that's what we look forward to. Uh, you know, we got the WrestleMania season. Um, but you know what? Right before we were prepping for the show, and all of a sudden we had some breaking wrestling news come over the wire. And I'm going to play some audio for you. This literally just came out. Uh, they, they posted it on YouTube. But give a listen right now. Bully Ray at Victory Road. Breaking news from TNA. It's make sure it's on. It's, we're is this recording. Over yes. The internet? We're recording. Yes, we're recording. You sure this goes? I don't know about all this stuff. This, this Twitter, this YouTube, this internet. So you're gonna make sure this goes on. Yes, yeah, yeah, we're, gonna... yes, we're recording. We're recording. We're recording. Make sure that everybody finds out that this pay per view doesn't happen tonight unless I become the number one contender. I will hold the entire show hostage. I will be the first one you see tonight. And if I don't. Get what I want. Nothing will take place. There will be no road on Victory Road. Everybody will have to go through me. I don't care if you send other wrestlers, security, cops. I'll go to freaking jail if I have to. I want to be the number one contender, and I will go through Storm to do it. And then I will face Rude in the cage at lockdown and become world champion. I guarantee I'm the first one you see tonight. If I don't get what I freaking want, nobody gets a pay-per-view. Make sure the whole world sees that. Yeah, we will. Wow. Well, the whole world, if they haven't seen it, they've heard it, because you know the whole world is listening to this show right now. Breaking news from Victory Road, and he's, he's willing to go to freaking jail to get what he wants. <laughs> Love Bully Ray. Yeah, it should be interesting. It should be interesting what, what, what he's got planned for this evening at Victor Ray. He's scheduled to face James Storm tonight. Um, there wasn't any kind of stipulation involved in the match, so maybe that's what this will lead to, a number one contender's match. Even though Storm is already the number one contender, um, and he's scheduled to face Bobby Roode for the title at lockdown uh, next month, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, maybe they they change it up a bit and they put the number one contendership on the line. But I mean, the match has got to be Storm versus Rude at, at lockdown. So, you know, who knows? Maybe they they add a step that the number one contendership is on the line. But I, I would assume Storm's going to come out victorious. Um, it's also in Tennessee too. You know, lockdown lockdown's also in Nashville, which uh, you know Storm is a Tennessee native. So, I. I I mean, if they do, if they do somehow throw Bully Ray into the mix, if something happens tonight, and then Storm, you know, gets, you know, loses his his title shot, and Bully Ray gets the shot, you know, they're gonna throw Storm back in the mix because he's from Tennessee, and then they can build that story, you know, that he's got, you know, insurmountable odds to face the, you know, to 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 obtain the championship in the home state of Tennessee where he grew up. So I mean, you know, it could make for a good story. Definitely, which which leads me to, like, TNA right now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the writing has been pretty good. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's a pretty good card tonight, Victory Road, uh, top to bottom. Uh, you know, so we're going to touch on this briefly. If you want to talk TNA, by all means, give us a call, 347-838-9815. Uh, you know, the, the pay-per-view is tonight. We will discuss. We're going to get into the road to WrestleMania in, in a bit. Uh, but whatever you want to talk about, give us a call. But we're going to touch on the... Uh, uh, the pay-per-view. I, I like what I see from this card. I mean, Sting versus Root should be entertaining. Double uh, A versus Ion, Styles, Anderson, Daniels, Kaz, um, Samoa Joe and Magnus versus Morgan and Crimson. Obviously, we just 
touched on Bully Ray and James Storm. It, it's a good card. I mean, I, I, I'm yeah, looking at that. It's not really a bad match there. Yeah, no, it, it does seem pretty solid. Um, I, 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 I'm not going to order the pay-per-view tonight. I'll be quite honest with you. I apologize to any, any TNA fans uh, who want to hang me for this. But, you know, I'm just not the, the biggest TNA fan, although it started to grow on me a little bit as in, in the past, you know, few months. Like you said, the writing's been pretty solid, pretty good. Um, if I were to order it, I'd probably order it for, um, for you know, the, the, the couple of matches you just mentioned, the tag team match especially. I'm a big Samoa Joe fan. Um, I'm not really sold on uh, Crimson and Morgan as a team. They don't, I mean, they don't seem to really gel too well. They just seem, seem like two guys that, you know, can't, you know, aren't comfortable in their own skin and they're not even comfortable with each other. I mean, Crimson looks like Matt Morgan had sex with little uh, Orphan Annie and out came, you know, Crimson. So, um, that's quite a visual. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, yeah, never mind. Anyhow, um, <laughs> Joe, and, Joe and Magnus, you know, at first when they got together, I wasn't really a, a big fan of this team. I thought, you know, Joe could be good on his own. I'm like, Joe doesn't need a tag team partner, but, you know, they're putting Joe on TV, so I was like, okay, at least I got him on TV, because for months he hadn't been seen. And this seems like this, you know, this pairing with, with Magnus has actually been pretty well, and it's, it's gotten over with the people. So, I mean, you know, I'm all for it, but uh, it should be a good show. I, the, like you said, Sting and Root should be entertaining. The Sting segment on Impact with the contract signing was actually uh, was pretty good. Um and uh, Kurt Angle and Jeff Hardy should be a good match. Uh, so, I mean, you know, hopefully they, uh, they, they keep this trend. Yeah, I mean, now, I, hopefully one, now they keep this trend. So, excuse me. The one, the one thing I like about Samoa Joy now, and we had discussed a while back about, you know, they need to repackage uh, Samoa Joe. And, I, and I'd like to see, you know, more of a character overhaul. But that being said, not only do I, I like seeing him more, because I think he's incredibly talented, and I agree with you, I wondered about the pairing with Magnus, but I love it right now, and Samoa Joe, you know, it is kind of a a pseudo-repackaging, I mean, he's gone from a singles competitor to a tag competitor, and now he's a tag champ, Um, but he, to me, watching him, he seems a, a bit more energized in the ring. Um, I don't know, like maybe he was just going through the motion, maybe he wasn't happy. Um, I, I've always loved Samoa Joe, um, and, and I've always liked what I've seen out of him, but I don't know, there was something just wasn't clicking for me for a while with him, and then he wasn't on TV. Um, he just seems re-energized. Uh, he looked great on Thursday night, and, um, you know, I like this match a lot, and it's interesting, you know, what I like about Morgan and Crimson is, you know, they were kind of setting the two of them up to have uh, a rivalry against each other. They've allowed for a, a kind of a slow burn uh, with the storyline. And now when those two eventually go at each other, it's going to have a little bit more juice. Um, you know, they teamed up. They won the tag belts, eventually lost the tag belts. Now some friction within the team. Eventually, one of these guys is going to turn on the other. It's probably Crimson's going to turn on Morgan. And, you know, the rivalry will have at least a little bit more juice. Um, you know, two big guys will probably be when they turn on each other, you know, one of the brawling type physical match. I'm not enamored by either one of these guys, but I do like where this is headed, that, you know, this rivalry will have a little bit more juice. 
Um, and, and that's that's kind of what I expect to happen in tonight's match. I expect Samoa and Magnus to retain, and something either a definitive turn or something that's really going to push the two of them, Morgan and Crimson, into the direction where they're going to separate and be singles uh, competitors. Um, but you know, solid card, top to bottom, and. The one thing that you know I find interesting watching TNA is you have a, a, a clear-cut female storyline. I mean, you have Gail Kim and Madison Rain, who uh, you know should put on a decent match. And on Impact this past week, we had two knockout matches, and they were actual matches. They were well fought out uh, matches with an ebb and flow and a back and forth. Um, you know, and they give the knockouts. Uh, a certain stature on the card. So Gail Kim and Madison Reigns should be a, a good match. And, um, you know, I, I like the fact that they they have a, a storyline involved. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, the girls over in TNA, um, they, they, that's, that's probably the one thing for the most part in the, in the, uh, the, 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 the five years that, you know, going on five years that they've had the knockout division is that they have used the girls properly and used, you know, their, their athletic ability. I remember um, reading, the, you know, and a lot of people look at the ratings nowadays and they, they hinder everything on the ratings, you know, like, oh, this guy did well in the ratings and this person did well in the ratings. But I remember a few times the girls would main event impact. I remember years ago, Awesome Kong, or she's Karma now in WWE, and Gail Kim main evented Impact and did a better rating than, at that time, the current world champion. I don't even remember who the current world champion was in that period of time. Uh, I want to say it was Kurt Angle, maybe. Um, and it shows that the, that the girls, at least for the TNA audience, have drawing power. And then just up until recently, until I think was it a year and a half ago, they did Mickey James and uh, Tara in a cage, and yeah. it made offensive impact, and they drew a solid rating for the girls. Usually it seems like when, like, especially in WWE, when a girls match comes on, not only is it like the piss break for everybody in the arena, but at home, too, you go have a cigarette, you take a piss, you make a sandwich, whatever. The ratings seem to dip during the girls' segments. Um, but not it showed consistently that they didn't. The, the, another point, the beautiful people, uh, Velvet Sky and uh, Angelina Love, the original beautiful people, they were, whether they wrestled or they just appeared on, on, in a segment, their ratings always gained viewers. So the girls seem to, I think the, the hardcore wrestling fans and the hardcore TNA fans who appreciate women's wrestling, um, they seem to uh, gravitate towards the girls' segment, and it's showing. I mean, the girls... They're, they're not out there. They're not just eye candy. It's, you know, they're, they're, they're beating each other up, and there's there's some meaning to the stories. There's been a few times in TNA where the girls haven't exactly had um, the greatest backdrop as far as the storyline goes. Um, but for the most part, they've been pretty solid. That's the one thing that they do better than WWE is showcasing the actual talent of the girls, and they give them time, whereas opposed to, you know, a minute and change on TV every week, um, for for Kelly Kelly and and Eve and you know even the ultra talented Natalia and Beth Phoenix, so uh, yeah, but yeah, I agree. The girls the girls have a good place on that show. I mean, and it's weird because you think it's 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 kind of an antiquated way of looking at things. I mean, what are the the odds of you know when you think about what twenty thirty years ago 
the women had a bigger place in WWE than they do now. I mean, it's interesting that they've they've decided, all right, that the dicks are kind of just eye candy, and we're not really going to do anything substantial with them. Whereas in TNA, they uh, they really developed the storylines. And you know, if you're if you're a female wrestler and you believe in yourself and you appreciate your craft, uh, it's totally understandable why someone like Gail Kim will would say, screw the WWE, I'm going to TNA. I mean, you'd think, you know, if you're thinking money or conventional wisdom would be you stay with the big company. Uh, but, you know, again, if you believe in your craft and believe in, in what you do uh, and you're a female, um, I don't know why you you would even think about staying in the WWE because it's they don't they don't do nothing. You're right. It, it has become become the the piss break right now. Us talking about it, this might be the Ken Reedy piss break. Uh, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the females because the thing is, and, and get into the WWE. You know, the thing about like females and eye candy and everything. And, and don't get me wrong. I, I look, we're guys. You know, love looking at hot women. I mean, it's great. You know. Who you know? Who doesn't love looking at at Kelly Kelly, you know, in in her little bikini outfit and everything? But you know what? When you see women week in and week out, and the, and there's no substance. Eventually, I don't know. Not even the hotness just kind of wears. I mean, there's there's an old saying for every hot chick out there, there's a guy who's tired of banging her. And when there's no substance, it's like. All right, like yeah, I've seen them all. I've seen Kelly Kelly in her skimpy outfits and her fake tan. I've seen it. You know, it's I, I don't care anymore. Um, now moving into the WrestleMania season, uh, the WWE has decided that they're going to uh, access Hollywood, quite literally. Uh, they're going to, I guess, facilitate a storyline using Access Hollywood. Um, and Maria Menanunanawas is uh, getting involved in the storyline. Uh, we had Beth Phoenix and Eve ambushing an interview on Access Hollywood. Dave, is this a good thing? From a mainstream viewer perspective, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, I mean, I think the TV show, I don't mean to, uh, to correct you, but uh, I think the TV show is extra. That she was, I mean, they're all the same. They talk the same crap, you know. They, you know, the gossip and all that stuff. But anyhow, it's good from a mainstream viewer's perspective. People who don't normally watch the show, you know, that maybe, you know, watch Extra or Access Hollywood or whatever it's called for Maria Menounos because she's a pretty obvious ass. You know, it, they'll be like, oh, okay, well, she's going to be on WrestleMania and she's pretty hot and good, good to look at. Like, maybe we'll order the pay-per-view. It'll bring outside viewers and, you know, people from the Hollywood realm, you know, to to, to, to to watch the product. And I think that's what they're really going for. It also gives the girls, you know, um, you know, like Beth Phoenix and Eve, you know, a uh a uh, you know, a good um good exposure to a to a different audience. I mean it, it helps as as long as it's it's uh, meaningful. And the other thing too is Maria Menudo's it's been you know, she's done interviews in magazines and uh, you know, websites where She's a big sports fan and big with MMA and wrestling. And she's been on WWE before. In fact, she wrestled in the tribute to the Troop show this past year and got the pinfall victory over Beth Phoenix 
So, I mean, they're following up with a storyline, per se. Even though those shows really don't have storylines, they're following up with it. So, I mean, it's uh, it's okay. I'm not, you know... I'm not crying. I'm not crying over it that you know it's on the card. Um, but I I wouldn't have been you know I wouldn't have been heartbroken if it was the dark match you know before the show. But I mean, if you're gonna put Maria Menounos, who's you know well known in Hollywood, um, on on you know in a match at WrestleMania, there's there's no point in putting it in a dark match. You put it on the main card. And uh, the other thing too is she's also on Dancing with the Stars right now. She's gonna you know she's a contestant. So you got that those viewers over there that can plan for an appearance at WrestleMania, and you can get people to watch Dance from the Watch Dancing with the Stars to watch WrestleMania. So I think from a marketing standpoint, you know, strategizing, I think it I think it works. It might not be the greatest match in the world, but I think it'll work. You know, no, but she's been in the ring before, and as far as a celebrity goes, she's not horrible. Um, no, in fact, she's a fan of the product too, so that helps. You know, if you're a fan of it. Then you're going to put more, you know, put put more effort into it because you want to do the best job that you possibly can, especially if you're a fan of it. You know, it'll definitely be better than Snooky. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, it's all right. I, I mean, I I do. I agree with you. I think it's I think it's a good. I, I mean, first of all, like I was talking about, for better or worse, and and you can criticize, you know, the writing or what it. It's a storyline. It's it's something. It, it's two heel females getting pissed off that the face female is getting time on network TV and they should be the ones that are getting the time. It's a storyline. Um, it, it's something that has at least a little bit of juice. All, all the uh, you know Hollywood stuff aside and the mainstream media aside and the marketing stuff aside, it's something. It's it's a storyline that that can facilitate through the media as well as on wrestling programming. So like we were talking about with the knockouts compared to the divas, I mean Jesus Christ! Like what the biggest storyline uh, that the divas have gotten is Natalia's flatulence. I mean really, I mean the, the storylines have been horrible. Um, so I have liked again. I like the Eve turn. I like what they've done with her. Again, it's something. You know, when Eve comes out, she gets a reaction. Uh, And we've always said when it comes to pro wrestling, it's when the crowd doesn't react. You know, you want a reaction. You want boos or cheers, but you want that crowd to react. Like, you hit the nail on the head, man. Listen to the arena when there are diva matches. Listen. You can hear a pin drop. And if they, they had a camera shot of the bathrooms during Diva matches, that's when you'd see the line outside the men's room. Because that's when everyone goes and takes a piss. And like I said before, the hot women, the eye candy, so to speak, that, that the WWE thinks they're marketing to men, and I'm sure they have someone who makes a lot more money than I do, who probably knows a lot more than I do about market research, who's in there saying, you know, guys just want women to look like this so they can gawk at them. But if that's what we wanted, then why the hell has that become the piss break? We don't want that. We're watching wrestling. We don't want a shit minute 30 match, if that. I mean, if you go and check out the Ken Reedy show on Facebook, every week on Monday nights, we have a raw talk going on back and forth uh, on Facebook, you know, in the comments section. And when there's a diva match, 
I always put there, all right, let's take bets over under minute 30 on the Diva match. And I would say I don't think we've gone over yet. I, I think since I've been putting the over under on the Diva matches, I, I think it's been a minute 30. So, I mean, they're not giving the Divas any substantial time. And like you said, I mean, you got people like Natalia and Beth Phoenix who are good workers. I mean, real good workers. And we talked about TNA's knockouts. You're saying that, you know, I'm saying Beth Phoenix and Natalia are two people that they, if they went to TNA, they could be probably close to, if not the top workers in that company. So you got like maybe two of the best female workers in the business. And man, you can't find anything for the two of them. And like I said, the best thing you can come up with for Natalia is that she farts. That really, that's where you're going to go? Not to quote The Miz, but really? Really? I mean, it's staggering that, that that's really where the WWE has decided to go with their with their female um, division. I mean, the Divas have just not, and we've talked at length about the other title belts and, and, you know, not having prestige. But, I mean, really, it's great, and I love Beth Phoenix, but, you know, when it comes to the Diva Championship, who cares? I mean, really, who cares? So as far as, like, all the negativity, the positive side is at least it's something to give a shit about at WrestleMania. Maria will probably get a pop. Uh, coming out, she'll get some mainstream attention. Um, Eve and Beth will definitely get booted. I'm assuming that, you know, it's going to be a tag match. Um, again, I'm with you. I'm not going to cry if it's the dark match. But at least it, it's something. It's something that can have at least a little bit of juice. Obviously, short term. Um, but, I, 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 you know, I keep saying it. It's something. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And let's go to the phone lines. We got a caller. I believe it's hey, Tony. Hey, What's hey, up, hey, Tony. What's going on? Hey, I'm doing pretty. I'm doing pretty well. I heard your uh, the bully racing. I actually I haven't watched the video yet, but I am. I'm definitely. Uh, gonna, I'm going to check it out. It sounded, it sounded pretty good. You know, I'm, Bubba or whatever you want to call him. He's like he's like one of the best. Uh, he's in TNA right now, and if they do, you know, I, I don't know if they're going to maybe, like, throw him in the uh, cage with uh, Storm and Rude and Lockdown, make it a three-way. I'm not saying, I don't know if it'd be, you know, really, uh, I don't know if they should go down that road, but, you know, uh, but uh, I don't know, maybe that's what they might do. I don't know, because, like I said, you know, like, tonight it's, it's going to be uh, him and Storm, and I'm I'm thinking Storm goes, you know, I, I would think Storm was going to go over if it's, yeah. you know, if he's challenging for the... Uh, the belt next month. I guess it's former marker. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think Storm's got to go over. But you're 100% right. I mean, to me, right now, now I did, you know, the Cena Rock thing is, is hot in the world of wrestling. But as far as one guy, to me, Bully Ray is must-see TV whenever he's got a mic in his hand. Definitely, yeah. I I, I enjoy. Yeah, I mean, his stuff can be really funny. I was like, I don't know what the, I don't know what to do with the calves. It is, but um, it's, it's pretty comical. <laughs> Cavezilla or whatever, you know. It's, uh, so, you know, I, I, I probably won't watch it. I'll you know, see the show tonight either. I'll just read, you know, let's, I'll just have read a lot of uh, ongoing stuff. But um, like you were saying about, you know, like even like about, the, you know, like the, the female wrestlers, like you say, the, the knockouts, you know, uh, 
like Gale and Madison t- tonight. You know, the only thing is like with with that is, and the same with the X title. It's you know they're both heel versus heel. So I don't know right. like how the fans will react to those. You know, it's like, but uh, you know, also the the um, A doubles promo on uh, on um, Impact the other night was. Uh, that was really good, you know, where he had the uh, champagne and everything, and then Z Maya yes. came out and he really threw it out. That was, that was great. That was that was that was some really good stuff. Yeah, yeah you bring up a good point though with the heel versus heel because I felt like I thought that was good, but I felt like the crowd didn't know. Like, like, do, do we do we cheer double A? Do we do like who are we supposed to be booing? It seemed like the crowd was kind of yeah I don't know, it, it, on it, where to go. With it. But I thought I thought double A was very good as well. It was, yeah, it was really good. And the uh, um, what else was it on this year? Yeah, Sting and uh, Sting and Rude. It's, well, it's going to be non-title, so I'm, I'm Bobby Rude should win if you know, that makes the most sense. And um, even you know, like you were saying about the the knockouts, you know, it was like you see a thing like um, in the in WWE, you know, like Beth and Natalia, you know, it's like if, was, if if they went to um, TNA, you know, it's like yeah, I, I could see you know, like Gail Kim and uh, Beth Phoenix, I. I yeah, yeah, that'd be a good, that'd be a freaking good match. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I think Beth Phoenix is is amazing, and I just, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm disappointed that they don't use her, uh, more effectively. You know. Yeah, well, yeah, she's, it's going to be her and Eve. I don't, I don't know if I'm spoiling, giving a spoiler away, but it's going to be her and Eve against uh, that chick from Extra and uh, Kelly. So, yes, I mean that's what I why, what I guess everyone's hearing that that's going to be the the, the match, um, and like we said, you know at least it, it's got some heat, um, you know going into WrestleMania. Um, yeah, speaking of WrestleMania, since while well, we got you on the line, I'm curious uh, your thoughts um, going into you know we we've done we've debated on uh, my Facebook page, um, Rock Cena. Who do you think got the uh, upper hand this past Monday night? I don't know. I like Rock's. Uh, um, the concert was was pretty funny. I you know, I, I, uh, I got a kick out of that. Actually, uh, um, you know, because he's he's very entertaining. But I I got to admit, I I did pop a little bit when uh, Cena came out in the you know in the old school getup because you know I I did get the, like that version of him was was definitely was better you know as uh, as far as the character goes. You know, not necessarily you know like all, all over the top with the, with the bling and the chains and stuff, and stuff. But you know, sometimes you know it's like when he's, you know, when he's not booked as the way you know, like when he's not booked as this cartoonish superhero. It's like he's you know, it's like he's he's actually better to watch. You know, and uh, so as the you know what they'll do, uh, like I've heard that the like Rock is going to be, they might do a rematch next year, Rock and, C- Rock and Cena. They might do like a rematch at SummerSlam. You know, like have them. They're gonna have them be like you know, each uh, guy having a win over the other, and then uh, WrestleMania 29, they might uh, get, they're gonna do Rock Cena again. I, I don't know. That's what I've been hearing. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's what they're gonna. I don't know if that's what they're gonna do. But that's that's what I've been hearing. Yeah, I've heard stuff too. They want to do a trilogy. I mean, that it's gotten enough heat and uh, some mainstream attention that they. Yeah, I've I've heard that too. Obviously, I haven't heard anything from the. WWE, but yeah, I've heard WrestleMania, SummerSlam, WrestleMania uh, is the the uh, plan. But who knows? I, I mean, I know The Rock. Uh, I think he made it or confirmed that he's going to be at WrestleMania next year. He was at the press conference, so uh, you know, I think they they either a rematch next year or a, a trilogy. 
Um, either one would work. I mean, The Rock, you know, definitely brings it, so to speak. And, uh, you know, he's the guy right now as far as bringing the most mainstream attention into the world of wrestling, which, you know, uh, right now wrestling kind of sorely needs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it's like I said, I, you know, I kind of even say, you know, it's like it's, it's like he's he's kind of like the, you know, like I know that they like to bring celebrities in every year for WrestleMania, but it's like, you know, I, I think Rock is the big celebrity. You know, it's like I mean, no, you know, nothing against the, whoever, whatever that woman's name is on that show, but you know, I don't think they really needed to bring in someone that not too many people have ever heard of. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so let me ask you guys uh, before I let you go. Match you most look forward to for WrestleMania. It's going to be a, uh, probably a toss-up between the two title matches. You know, uh, Sheamus and Daniel Bryan or uh, Punk and uh, Chris Jericho. Okay, so you're putting, uh, you're putting Rock Cena like uh, third? Yeah. Yeah, probably, yeah, put that third. And then, then um, the whole, yeah, Undertaker, Triple H, you know, like I, said, I, I think the whole thing has been overbooked. It's been overbooked, like I mentioned last week, you know, with the, they didn't need... They don't need Shawn Michaels and the cell. I kind of agree with you. Yeah, I mean, even this whole end of an era thing, it's like, you know, it's, I don't know, I think it's getting a little stale. <laughs> you know, like the, I mean, the promos are good, but it's just like this whole end of an era thing is like, so is this like, okay, you know, like, we get it, you're the last guy, you know, it's like, I don't think it's like the last of the, of the old, of the old breed or whatever, I don't know, you know, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I I just, you know what I'm saying? Somebody is just, it's, it's, I, I don't know, I just think it's getting a little old. Yeah, I kind of agree. Well, Tony, thanks a lot for the phone call. Again, remember, Tony is our guest blogger recapping all the wrestling shows. Uh, so you can check him out on the com. He recaps everything thorough, thorough blogs. And thanks a lot for the phone call, Tony. Hey, you're welcome. And I'll be, uh, you'll be doing a live show on the 31st? Uh, yeah, we'll be in Miami doing a live show 2 to 4 o'clock. Awesome. All right, cool. Talk to you soon. All right, talk to you. Bye. Take it easy, Tony. All right, well, Tony, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's uh, bringing up some good points there. Um, you know, uh, the, the Divas and Roxena, um, you know, it's interesting. It's, why not? Let's just get into it. It's the 100-pound gorilla in the room, Roxena. Um, you know, that's what's on the tip of everyone's tongue in, in the world of professional wrestling, um, you know, is it a shoot? Is it a work? How much do these two really hate each other? Who's coming up with their material? Are they coming up with it on their own? Uh, who won this week? Who won last week? Who's winning the battle of words? Ah, it's good stuff. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. So this past week we had, uh, you know, the uh, battle of the bands, so to speak, the rock concert versus uh, John Cena's uh, hip-hop incarnation. Thugonomics was in full effect this past Monday night. Um, your thoughts, Dave, on on how Cleveland rocked this past week? Um, I thought both segments were really good. When Cena came out, I liked the old school. Uh, you know, the the, the getup he did with the uh, you know he had the chain and the uh, the Cavaliers jersey, um, the old school Cleveland Cavaliers jersey, and his material was was very good. It was you know. Vintage, as Michael Cole would say, and I really don't like to mention him on this show, but it was vintage uh, John Cena at its best. Um, and he set the bar pretty high. And when Rock came out, um, 
you know, he did a great job, too. The, the, it was just an extension of insults that they've been giving each other over the past few weeks, which is nice, and it works, and it's making for good television on the build towards WrestleMania. Um, I'm kind of, like, up in the air. I think Rock won that one, personally. Um, he had the whole crowd into it, and it was entertaining. And, uh, yeah, they gave him a little bit longer of a segment than Cena, and I know people are going to complain, but uh, I liked it. I thought both were good. Um I was thoroughly entertained by it. It's, like I said, it's an extension of the verbal jabs they've been giving each other over the past few weeks. But I'm up in the air really now about, like, should they continue the verbal, uh, you know, you know, uh, jabs at each other or should they just, you know, get right down to business? And, um, you know, old school wrestling in me says, you know, don't have them touch each other until they get to, to Miami on April 1st because the anticipation will be even greater once the bell rings, the two of them go at it. Um but, uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what's going to happen. And uh, apparently, you know, I, from from what I've heard, Rock isn't officially advertised for this Monday's Raw, so we might get a little bit of a break from the Cena-Rock uh, back-and-forth insults this Monday night. I know Cena's scheduled to face uh, Mark Henry. Um, but we'll see what happens. Uh, uh, if Rock makes a surprise appearance or if he just shows up or whatever. But um, he's not officially advertised to be on the show. So it would be interesting to see what they what they have planned with only two weeks left to build towards WrestleMania. Maybe we'll get another via satellite from The Rock. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it was an interesting Raw because I, I, I do think that the way things were out there, that whoever went last was at least going to be perceived as the winner by most. Um, and especially separating the two of them, you know, the very, very beginning of the show, the very, very end of the show. Um, it's interesting. I, I mean, I do find, and, and if you want to call in, 347-838-9815 to discuss this. And I purposely put this every week on, you know, when Rock Cena go back and forth, I, you know, I put on my Facebook, who won? Um, the thing, and I think this is great for wrestling, people were arguing. Some people thought Cena, some people thought The Rock. Uh, people who thought The Rock were going after, you know, how do you think Cena won? And it was, no, 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 Cena definitely won. He got the better of The Rock, which to me is great for wrestling. I want a clear winner. Something like that, when, when it's verbal, you know, verbiage is great when... You know, you can argue who got the better of who. Um, there are a couple things I, I, I'd want to touch on with the whole thing, which is interesting. First thing I'd like to touch on is I, I'm going to go out and, and address the Cena haters for a second here. And I've addressed you often on on the show, so I'm, I'm going to address the Cena haters. Cena gets criticized all the time for being goofy for having a big, goofy smile on his face, for not being tougher, for not being edgier. As far as the two promos, and I'm not going to get into who uh, yet, who thought was better or worse, but the two of them, Cena was far edgier than The Rock was. Agree? Yeah, uh, yeah, it definitely was. Um yeah, I mean, he referenced his plastic surgery on his pecs. He referenced his boobies. Um, you know, he Cleveland steamer. I mean, 
To me, Cena was edgier, and Cena did not crack a smile the entire promo. Yeah, you no, know, I, I do agree with you, but at the same time, how you know how could you with, with rock stuff? You know, I mean, rock stuff was pretty edgy. I mean, granted, it was you know some of it was you know you know eighth grade humor, but you know how could you not laugh at some of, at some of the stuff that he was saying? You know what I mean? Like, granted, he laughed at his own jokes. I mean, everybody caught it. It was like I said last week when he made that heel turn in two thousand three and kind of did that you know Hollywood you know a list type gimmick, you know. He was supposed to be a heel, and, you know, he did some stuff that was so entertaining, he had no choice but to laugh, and was like, all right, well, he got us, but it's still pretty funny. So, I mean, it was, I, I, thought Rock, I thought Rock did pretty well. You know, the, 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 the crack about seeing his mother, like I said, eighth-grade humor, but it was still funny, and it evoked a reaction. Everybody got a kick out of it. If you go back and listen to it, I think it was Michael Cole or Jerry Lawler. You know, one of them was laughing hysterically. And it sounded oh, really genuine. It didn't. It didn't sound forced. And uh, so it was. Uh, I, I it, it was a of the segment itself. I thought it was funny. I thought here's the thing with The Rock. But number one, um, in the beginning, I actually was sitting there thinking, "All right, The Rock won this week. The Rock is getting the better of him." It's interesting that you brought up the the mother. Uh, portion of the program because when I honestly while I was watching it and as soon as Rock said all right there's a very special lady I want to uh you know sing about or whatever he how he introed it um you know when he said that I immediately looked at him while I'm sitting there watching um watching it with my girlfriend and I turned and looked at her and said all right this next person is going to be reference to seeing his mom and I just I I found it predictable. I'm like, all right. and like you said, eighth grade humor. Um, I thought The Rock was good. I thought it went on a little too long. I thought the We Will Rock You at the end was terrible. I, I didn't like that. Awful. I I thought that, that he like that really was overboard. Yeah, I thought it was just you you went too long. Like you know, I I, I mean he he had the biggest fucking karaoke screen on the planet. And he was still screwing up the words. I thought that portion of it was awful. Um, whereas, and it's funny. I said this like when it comes to when I watch movies. I would say ninety percent of the movies that I don't like are because they could have been edited down, and they would have been very entertaining. They cut like twenty minutes out of the movie. Um, I, I think it's a really big problem in all of entertainment going too far. Um, I to me, The Rock lost a little bit as. The, the thing went on. I, I just think it went on a little too long. Um, the one thing I'd like to, you know, and, and I know, being honest, I know The Rock is, is probably, most likely not listening to my little show. Um, but I, I'd like to, like, you know, speak to The Rock personally for someone who, who thought it would be a good idea to actually call out fans that had uh, seen his shirts on. And I'm not going to say that I'm necessarily part of C-Nation, but I do own a few John Cena shirts. And, um, you know, allow me, Rock, to retort. Uh, um, you know, first off, I have had my fair share of pie, so to speak. And I do find it interesting <laughs> that the Rock concerns himself so much with the amount of pie that other men are, are consuming. 
Um, I do find it interesting how fixated The Rock is on John Cena's genitalia, as well as John Cena's shorts. So I just want to say to The Rock, you know, man, it's 2012, and the WWE even has an anti-bullying campaign. We're okay with it. We'll accept it. Just come out of the closet, Rock. It's okay. All right? Let's go to the phone line. Uh, hey, caller. Hello? Hey, how you doing? Good. What's up, guys? It's Tank. Hey, hey how what's going on, buddy? No, how you guys doing? We're doing great. What you got for us? Um, I Actually, I, I caught it right as you guys were talking about like The Rock and uh, this past Monday night. First off, as, as a wrestling fan, I'm a little torn still because I don't know which way I want it to go with the whole Cena Rock thing. Um, as an old school fan, I'd love to see The Rock win in Miami. As somebody that has been watching it since Cena started, I'd like to see Cena shut The Rock up. But one, um, I love how Cena. I love how Cena came out like what be con- what could be considered vintage Cena with his old school entrance music, the toponomics and everything. I I loved how I loved how he did that. And I don't know, maybe it's me being me and missing how WWE used to be, but I I believe the rock, especially when it comes to making fun or trying to get under his opponent's skin, has gone soft. I remember watching interviews with the rock uh, where he would just plow, so to speak, into his opponent and just pick at everything. And it was kind of like a no-holds-bar. And now it seems like either, obviously, somebody's writing the script for him or, you know, he doesn't have as much say in it. But it just seems like it's getting very repetitive. And to me, it's like it's not The Rock actually being The Rock. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. It's, I, I think you bring up a good point because I, I like honestly, and I, I'm gonna say like I thought the rock concert was entertaining, but yeah, when he brought up Kung Pao bitch again, I was like, all right, like I kind of agree with you. I think that you know in the past you would kind of see the rock coming up with new material every week. Uh, yeah, it almost, almost it almost seemed like he was spontaneous when he used to do it. You know, I mean, it didn't seem like it was something that was scripted and it's like, this is what you're going to say. Now it seems like he rehearses it and it doesn't come out like it's supposed to. And, like, I remember very vividly that he was going up against The Undertaker and um, he he's being interviewed and he goes, you know, something, and I'm, I may be paraphrasing here, but something along the lines of, I'm not afraid of The Undertaker and his Mickey Mouse tattoos and walking around, and he rolled his eyes at the back of his head going, die, die, die. That was... That's one of my favorites. You know, that was the rock that I would love to see nowadays, not the rock, you know, not the rock that's now. It just seems like he's still, he's not in Hollywood. He's, you know, trying to get back into WWE, but he's still very much acting. It's not who he really is. And to me, that loses a lot of, um, I don't know, as a fan, not necessarily respect, but it's kind of like, 
I don't know. I used to love waiting for The Rock to come out for his next interview. Now it's like, okay, how is he going to make fun of John Cena? And like you said, his, his genitalia now. And, you know, try to make it seem like he's still hardcore. It doesn't feel like he's hardcore anymore. And to me, and as an old school fan, it, it's kind of a letdown, really. I I cannot. I think those are all like very, very good points. You're, you're going to WrestleMania this year, correct? What? Are you going to WrestleMania this year? Yes. So are you are you pumped for this match? Um, I was up until Taker and Triple H and Hell in a Cell. That's the one match now that I'm like looking forward to so much more now. Really? And what what are you pulling for? Just out of curiosity. Taker. I think so that he should finish his career winning the streak and then call it quits. I think that'd be the most graceful way for the Undertaker to end his career. I can't argue with that. Dang, thanks for the call. All right, thank you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. Hey, everybody, we'll see you in Miami. Yes, you will. So, all, all good points by Dank, and, and honestly, I got to say, I, I kind of agree with them. And, you know, I, you know look, I, I didn't get the Kung Pao bitch thing. When Rock first said it, I mean, now it's become his, you know, one of his his catchphrases, I guess, when when referencing John Cena. Um, I, I don't get it. Um, and Dank brings up some good points. It, it's you know he, he finds Rock stale, which is interesting that um, you know, he was a big Rock fan and he was pulling for the Rock, and now um, he's kind of bored with them. So um, now again, I do think, like I said before, it's a good thing that people are debating. Because it's not, you know, as I'm saying, I mean, you're you're talking how much you, you like the rock concert. Uh, Dank and I were kind of a little, little bit down on it. Uh, there are people that, that are on both sides. And to me, the fact that there is a debate, especially for John Cena, for the fact that John Cena is in a war of words right now, like you said, they haven't touched each other. That they're, they're going this route, it seems, right now that rock and Cena – are going to go to WrestleMania really without putting their hands on each other. Um, so this is going to be a war of words. The fact that John Cena, who has been over the course of his career less than stellar at times on the microphone, the fact that there is a debate about who is winning these verbal battles, to me is a big-time win for John Cena. Thoughts? Um, I, yeah. I mean, I agree. I agree with a lot of what Dank had to say um, in, his, in his points. Um, this does feel like a different rock to me, but at the same time, there are also parts of you know him that are really good. And some, and, and like he said, you know, he's, he's really, really repetitive with the kung pao bitch and the, the lady parts. But in the beginning, when he started saying that stuff, um, you know, some of those things, it, it was it was. To myself, I was thinking, well, it's just another way of Rock being entertaining because he always, you know, had a gift and cab. Um, but to me, I would have liked to have seen, to be honest with you, after Rock did the concert, he did the karaoke thing, um, you know, they they had the closing credits at the bottom of the screen with Rock, you know, on the corner post, you know, saluting the fans or whatever. And uh, I would have loved to have seen him end it with, like, John Cena coming out through the crowd, sneaks in the ring, grabs that guitar, and just blasts Rock over the head. And uh, and then it just sets us up in the next week. And if Rock's not scheduled to be, you know, in 
in Philadelphia tomorrow night for Monday Night Raw, then it would make perfect sense, <clears throat> excuse me, that John Cena would have, you know, done that and kind of taken him out for a week or whatever. Um, I thought it would have added some 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 good heat to the the, uh, the rest of the feud. But Jim Ross brought up a point in his blog uh, just uh, this past week where he said, I think it would be a, a major detriment to the, uh, the storyline and the build-up towards this match if the two of them even touched each other. One, for the fact that, you know, people are going to pay money on pay-per-view to see these two beat the crap out of each other in the main event. And uh, secondly... Um, what if one of these guys gets hurt in a physical altercation on television? Do you just basically ruin your investment and, you know, your WrestleMania main event? It even goes far back as to a few weeks ago, Vince McMahon had a meeting with, uh, with the talent backstage at a television taping, and he said, whoever works with Cena, you've got to be really careful because he's banking the success of this year's WrestleMania on that one match. Everything else is going to, you know, is going to have something contributed. But the majority of the success of this WrestleMania is really banked on The Rock and John Cena in the main event, especially since it's been advertised for over a year. So Yeah, and, and um, if the stories are true about there being a trilogy, they're banking a lot on John Cena. John Cena's not going anywhere. No, no, absolutely not. Um, we'll see what I mean, I think the trilogy is all depending on, number one, The Rock's schedule and how available he is going to be to them. And number two, um, how well the match goes itself. Um, you know, I, I don't doubt that the two of them are going to have a good physical match, and it's going to, uh, you know, the people are going to react to it pretty well. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's the company's decision if they want to go and do a second and third match. Um, and you know, you're also going to have to look at the pay-per-view. They're, they're going to want to look at the pay-per-view numbers and see how many pay-per-views were brought. Um you know, domestically and worldwide, and uh, the overall gross of, uh, you know, the, the entire WrestleMania weekend income-wise. So, uh, you know, let's just, you know, I wouldn't get too far into the trilogy talk just yet until uh, WrestleMania weekend's over and all those numbers officially came out. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I do think that, you know, coming out of this WrestleMania, even if there are tentative plans to be for there to be a trilogy, um, they're tentative at best. Um, you know, who knows where they're going to go. If the match blows chunks and it gets a lot of criticism after the pay-per-view, then, you know, obviously they probably won't go in uh, the, the trilogy direction. But, um, you know, it's it's just it's interesting because, you know, I mean, I'm enjoying the warboards. I do agree with you. I mean, I get, you know, you, you, know, you don't want injuries and what have you, but I do think they could have done a lot. Uh, I, I disagree with JR because I do think – some physicality can do more to to increase the buzz of the match, and something like that uh, would have been awesome. And especially like, look, we've said it before; it's in Miami. There's no way Cena's getting cheered. So, as much as yeah, I think Cena's held his own. Um, you know, I, I do sincerely believe that I might be one of the only people in the arena that'll be cheering for John Cena. Um, I get it. Uh, so, I mean, something like that. You know, since he's going to be booed, I mean, even when John Cena, look, John Cena got some cheers the other night. He was edgy. People enjoyed him. Um, that being said, that might happen at these other arenas during Monday Night Raws. It's not going to happen in Miami. He is the heel that day. For lack of a better term, WrestleMania day, John Cena is the number one heel. So if he I, did I, something. I would agree with you there. Yeah, so if it's something with the guitar, 
and just stood over him. And then you know, have the announcement. If like you said, if he's not booked for Raw this week, the announcers do, you know, uh, Rock is still recuperating from the, the head injuries sustained by getting hit in the head with his guitar. You know, even have one of the announcers say, something, you know, are, are we even going to have a main event this year at WrestleMania? You know, and The Rock will be here next week to discuss the assault that John Cena, you know, perpetrated on him. You know, whatever. They they could have done something like that. And it, uh, it would have added some. But I do think that Raw this week was really designed for Rock to win the confrontation, the, the verbal confrontation. Uh, they gave him the, the time to win. And, you know, I, I think that, like, me looking at it, um, it's a tough call. I, I probably lean the scene away, uh, but I'm not going to be mad at you if you think the Rock won. I do think there are a lot of fans out there that are nostalgic and just really, really want the Rock to win. So, you know, the Rock, all he has to do is smile and raise his eyebrow. People go gaga over it. Um, and I get it. It's a nostalgic feeling um, if you grew up with the Rock. Uh, you know, I mean, Hulk Hogan rips his shirt off and I go nuts. So I get the nostalgic feeling. Um, but I do think they could have added more heat if Cena, you know, did what you, you suggested and, and brought the guitar, you know, ran in the ring, uh, clocked him over the head with the guitar. And lasting image as Raw went off the air was Cena holding uh, the broken handle of the guitar and an unconscious rock laying in the middle of the ring. You know, another another point, you know, another situation I would have liked to have seen and how they structured it, you know, granted they, they used, you know, Rock and and, uh, and uh, Cena to, you know, basically bookend the entire show, so to speak. But, um, you know, what if they gave them, let's say, 20 minutes at the end of Raw and they had Cena on the stage doing a rap and they kind of went back and forth. Rock would do a song, Cena would do a rap. No interrupting each other, because you know if you interrupt each other, it turns into a big, giant clusterfuck. But what if right. they, instead, just to make it a little more interesting, almost like, in, yeah, you say like a battle of the bands, but, you know, going on simultaneously, so to speak. Um, I think it would have been perceived a little bit better. I didn't I didn't like, I, I was just hoping that it wasn't going to be all throughout the show, that there were only going to be like two or three matches on the whole show, and that they were going to basically take up the majority of the talking segments, with the exception of Michaels and Taker, to uh, to to facilitate the the concert slash rap. I was just hoping and praying that it wasn't going to go, you know, all you know all throughout the the, the entire two hours of the show. Because then to me that would have been just a little bit overboard. But they did it in a way where you know it got people to to tune in. You know, Cena antagonized The Rock at the beginning of the show, and it got viewers to say, "Well, we're going to check out to see what Rock's going to go got later for John Cena." And so. Yeah, I guess it worked. I mean, from what I saw in the ratings, that both segments did really well. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, it would have been interesting, but again, I, I, I do think uh, this was by design. I do think which, with what each guy said and how they said it, um, the lasting impression to me was going to be the guy who went last. And yeah. I, I think this, this, we, and, and who knows, who knows what's in? I mean, maybe, you know, if if Rock is not booked. For Raw this week, and you know maybe Cena is going to get some mic time this week, and this is going to be uh, Cena's time. I, I just thought last week was design by design. They wanted Rock to come out on top verbally 
and that's why he got the extra time and the last segment. Um, now, maybe this week, you know, have no off and John Cena gets his time on the mic, and we look at John Cena obviously winning uh, this Monday. Uh, with the two of them, whoever went last, I, I thought was going to be your, your lasting impression. But it's interesting, you know, as I'm talking and as the show's going on, uh, on my Twitter, Keith Lenn tweets me and says, the more rocker is, the more interested I am in pro wrestling. He's the only current wrestler that catches my attention. So there are people out there that are going to be Team Cena, but they're, you know, the Rock is one of those guys that brings fans back into the mix. You know, and he is entertaining and he is very good on the mic, and you know, he he brings a lot to the table. Um, it's just right now, I guess, you know, I'm more of a, a Team Cena uh, kind of guy, but I, I get the fascination with The Rock. I get, you know, what he brings to the table. Just with everything, I think it's a fever pitch right now in, in the world of wrestling. Uh, these two, especially if they listen to JR's advice and they never put their hands on each other, they really got to deliver at WrestleMania. Yeah. I mean, if that match blows, it's just going to be... If that match sucks, if if that match really, really sucks, I don't care what the rest of the card does, they'll say this is like one of the worst WrestleManias ever. I think that match... Yeah, a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of people will say that. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of people will say that. But, you know, a lot of people, you know, jump to, you know, I've been guilty of it too, you know, jump quickly to, you know, form an opinion instead of looking back and thinking, you know, what, you know, what was presented to you. Um, you know, you it talk about that being this WrestleMania probably more than anyone, anyone other. That if this match here the making, and two guys that we know that probably don't like each other, you know, behind the scenes as well, that maybe more than any other WrestleMania before. If this match sucks, if these two guys screw the pooch, people are going to walk away with a horrible impression of this WrestleMania, regardless of what the other matches do. For better or worse, right or wrong. I, I think this match, like you're saying with McMahon, I mean, this is one of those matches. WrestleMania is completely riding on, on these two shoulders, which is a lot of pressure. And hopefully the two of them deliver. Yeah, this match is, um, you know, WrestleMania has had some good main events, but this, I would say probably this match, Hogan-Andre, the Austin Michaels match in Boston in '98 and Rock and Hogan were probably the most hyped as far as uh, you know advertising goes for an actual main event. And when I mean main event, I mean the last match on the card. Um, you know, hype to it. So this has got that. This has got that. To me, I've been thinking about it more and more. This has got that big. Um, not as big, but it's pretty close to the to the to the feel that it did when I was a kid. You know, Hogan and Andre. Because when I was a kid, it wasn't necessarily. You know, I was a huge Hulkamaniac, and I was you know very upset that Andre had turned on him and joined with Bobby Heenan. But the question in my mind at four years old was not if Hulk Hogan can beat Andre the Giant, is if Hulk Hogan can body slam Andre the Giant. And there's just this mystique about this match that's coming up that really makes this that really makes this event and, and the match itself 
feel more special. And you're right. If they don't deliver physically, not now I'm not talking like a booking decision and who's going to go over and who's doing the job, but just physically and put on an entertaining match and have the people, you know, in the palm of their hands. A lot of wrestling, I agree with you, a lot of wrestling fans will say that this is probably one of the worst WrestleManias that's been ever, you know, produced. And, and you bring up a good point with all the uh, other WrestleMania, the other big matches, and this does have a really big match feel to it. But none of those other matches were, were booked a year in advance. And that's no, what I almost, agree. You know, the, 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 the lead-in for this one, I mean, might be bigger than any match ever. And that's why, I mean, it's really important for these two to deliver. And it's interesting because, and maybe that's part of the suspense, but it is well within the realm of possibilities that these two will screw the pooch. You got one guy who's had one match in, and it was a tag match at Survivor Series over how how many years since his last match? And you got the other guy who, let's face it, has been questionable at best at times in the ring, has had his fair share of bad matches, including last year's main event at WrestleMania. So you got two guys that, man, you can't sit there and say, well, I know Rock is going to have a great match, because you don't. And you can't say, I know Cena's going to deliver, because you don't know. So the, I mean, and again, maybe that adds to the suspense, but there is the potential for these guys to shit the bed on this match, and, and if they do, it, it it'll just be a, a colossal disaster. Granted, there's a Hell in a Cell match on that same card, which is going to be a very physical, and obviously there are pretty much no rules in the Hell in a Cell match. But um, I would not be surprised um, because of the Rock not only having one match in seven years and, you know, Cena's, you know, or at least people questioning Cena's ability to have a good match in the ring. I would not be surprised if maybe next week, you know, the week before WrestleMania, that they decide that they're going to make that match like a no-disqualification match of some sort. So I'm not saying they got, they both got to use chairs and tables and, you know, shit like that. But um, I would not be surprised if they added some, you know, you know, stipulation like that to to hide the technical abilities or lack thereof of either guy, considering both of their respective uh, you know uh, situations. Um, they did it. They did it uh, 11 years ago with uh, with with Rock and Austin in Houston. The match was supposed to be a straight up one on one match, and I remember watching it and going into it. It's like these two aren't going to just stay in the ring. They're going to go all over the place. And then right before the bell rang, Howard Trinkle announced that the match was, you know, a no disqualification or no holds barred match. And I remember the comment from JR, you know, I'll do my best Jim Ross impression, but he says, who the hell made that stipulation, you know? And uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if somehow that gets thrown in there because with the animosity that the two of them have, whether it's, you know, real and genuine or whether it's just, you know, a part of the story, they're not just going to keep it in the ring. And maybe it'll be a good thing if they put a, a no-holds-barred stipulation on the match um, to, uh, like I said, to, to, to camouflage the, uh, the the disabilities of, of either two. Yeah, that's, that'd be a pretty good. I mean, I would like a, a stipulation like that. I mean, I, that wouldn't bother me. Um, 
It could be good. We're going to go out to the phones, though. Let's uh, see. We got a caller. Yeah. Let's try that again. Caller, are you there? Hello. Yes, I'm here. I'm, uh, my name is uh, Seamus O'Shaughnessy, but not the Seamus wrestler. I'm his cousin. I want to call up and say uh, you guys need to talk more about Seamus. That's funny because on my outline, we're going to go right into Seamus next. What are your thoughts on the Seamus match at WrestleMania? Well, I think it's a good thing for him. He, he deserves a, a good push. However, I feel like he should be pushed in the direction of a heel. He's more of a heel wrestler. I think if he if he was given an opportunity to turn heel, he would develop a, a better character. Right now, he's a little softer than he should be because he's a dominating force in the WWE. And I think that if he was a, another heel again, everything in his, his character would come out stronger than what it is now. That is the I worst was... Irish accent I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for I making me laugh. I, I, think, I think Seamus is kind of stale as a face. What are, what are your thoughts, Dave? <laughs> um, you know, it, I mean, he's good, as a ba- he's good as a heel. I don't mind the baby face thing. Um, it's, I mean, he's not as ruthless as he was as a heel, but... Uh, um, you know, he he reminds me of we've talked about it before. And my brother even mentioned it, the Irish Goldberg, in a way. I mean, Goldberg, you know, didn't really cater to the people. Seamus doesn't really necessarily, you know, uh, pander to the audience. He just goes out there and he, you know, he, he beats people up. Um, so there isn't really like too much change in his character per se. Um, I mean, he's over. So that's all that matters to me, and I don't. I, I, I like the babyface run. I think it's. I think it's pretty cool. It reminds me of, like I said, of, of what Goldberg did uh, years and years ago when he just run through guys. And, uh, but yeah, you know, hey, Seamus is Seamus, a babyface. Doesn't bother me. Seamus, what match are you looking forward to most at WrestleMania? I can't believe you just called him Seamus. Well, for me, terrible. for me, besides my cousin wrestling on the pay per view, I'd like to. Uh, if I'm, if they're gonna get my money, come April first. The only match I really want to see has got to be a Rock and John Cena. But besides that, I think that if they can somehow put out a good match with the Teddy Long and the, and the Johnny Ace, I think that there's a lot of talent in that match. And I really believe that if they give it enough time, enough like the joke that it was last year, with the, uh, the entrances being longer than a lot, the tag team match, I think it could be a pretty good match. What do you think about that? Um, I think that match has got a lot of potential. Um... You know, it could be. Uh, I'm curious, actually, Seamus. Who are you pulling for? Do you want to see uh, uh, John Laurinaitis running both shows? Well, I think if if you look back in history, they always have the heel win that kind of situation because it creates more of a more of a a reason to watch. If if everyone was always getting their way and Teddy Long was calling all the shots on both shows, I think it'd be too easy for uh, you know for all the faces to get the, the way they wanted to you know to go. And Johnny Ace, he, he, he creates more of a, a controversy. So if you, if you have him run in both shows, I think you'll, you'll see, um, uh, you know, a, a, a more, uh, more interesting show than you would if, if Teddy Long was, uh, was calling the shots. What do you think about that? I, I, I agree with you. I, I might be pulling for Team Laurinaitis. I think that would, uh, you know, they're, they're, wrestling is great when, when they hit on uh, universal themes, and a universal theme is – a working stiff hating his boss. Everybody hates works. their boss. Everybody. And, and I, a hateable boss to me works, so I would like to see Laurenitis uh, running both shows and 
you know, being uh, almost, I mean, he's not as good, but he's almost like a poor man's Mr. McMahon. What do you think, Dave? Um, what do I think, or what does uh, the, 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 the Seamus guy think? I don't know. What do you think, Dave? If you think about it, though, Teddy Long has been around the company for just about as long as anyone else there is, and uh, there's always going to be something in his future, whether it's uh, general manager or not general manager. Uh, you're definitely going to see, I don't know what they call it anymore, but uh, usually after uh, WrestleMania they had a pay-per-view called The Backlash, and uh, I think now, now that, I don't know what the name, I, it slips from my memory, but you're going to have some sort of a retribution match for Teddy Long to kind of get his get his job back or something like that. Uh, it'll it'll be an ongoing storyline, that's for sure. But I'm excited because you know Alberto Del Rio, Christian, uh, you know David, even David Otunga has stepped his game up in the, in the last few months. Uh, I like his character, the way that he's going now with the law offices, and I think his tights reminds me of. Uh, an African American uh, type of Christopher Nowinski or a Chris Masters, uh, if you will. And I, I think you bring like up that a little bit. Point. I, I think and I think Otunga definitely stepped up the game. I think that was a really, really good point, Seamus. About David Otunga. Yeah, I thought it was a good point. I I I even think he's he looks better in the ring. Uh, his character is is better. He's he's more engaging. Uh, I think he right now where they have David Otunga works well for him. Yeah, the A-lister did not do anything for me, but now he—he, he, I like the coffee sipping he's doing. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is so funny. <laughs> a lot for the call. You have a good night, all right? All right, fellas. Uh, best of luck in all your future shows, and hopefully, I'll see you somewhere down the road. Thanks a lot. You take care of yourself. Wow, like it was like right off the boat from Ireland. Seamus giving us a call. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's, it's funny how yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. I wonder if uh, that guy used that that, that 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 horrible Irish accent to pick up girls at the bar yesterday. <laughs> you know, it's amazing because they probably would have worked on girls in the bar yesterday. Yeah, but yeah, it's just one day, one day only. Because I was actually, you know, he called in. I was planning on going Seamus Bryan next. It's interesting with this match because one thing I'm looking at the card and you look at, you know, there's heat. And look, WrestleMania's got potential to be very good. But I do look at Sheamus Bryan as as a match that's kind of lacking enough heat right now. Um, And I think that, like, the storyline is... I don't know, a little bit disjointed. It's almost that I'm, I'm more intrigued with where they're going to go with Brian and AJ as opposed to really looking forward to that match between Sheamus and, and Dana Bryan. Your thoughts on that? Well, um, I'm kind of speechless because this guy here actually called in. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Um, there really hasn't been much of a story between the two of them um, up until I would say last week with the with the, the now the Daniel Bryan treatment of AJ and uh, you know um, like on Friday I guess he you know on SmackDown they, he put her in a dress and uh, to, you know he tried to you know, 
get her to be more ladylike, so to speak. And uh, you know, that's where it seems. You know, that seems to be the main focus of the story right now. Before there really wasn't much of a story. Um, she was won the Royal Rumble, and he chose Daniel Bryan, and that was it. Um, so, I, I mean, I hope that the two of them get enough time on the card. Number one, to have a good match because last year something that they haven't brought up in the storyline, which they probably won't, is the fact that they were bumped from the main card of WrestleMania. Yeah. I remember, I remember when we were there watching it, and and uh, Justin Roberts announced that it was going to be a lumberjack match for the United States title. I was kind of upset. I was like, really, you're going to bump this match onto the as the dark match for WrestleMania? I was, I, I was disappointed. Um, and so if you remember, they were booted. That match got booed when they introduced it. Yeah, I, it's funny too because that I, that match got booed. Number one, but number two, it all Daniel Bryan was booed. He didn't really get much. He was he didn't get much of a reaction. If he did, it was negative. And then the minute Sheamus's music hit, all of a sudden, like you know, you got a pop. And normally, when you attend WrestleMania and they have the dark match, usually the first match on the card gets a pretty good. You know, just the announcement of the first match on the card gets a pretty good pop. Because right. it's the first match, and everyone's eagerly anticipating the first match of, of WrestleMania. But everyone was kind of, it seemed like the majority of the uh, the, the 70,000 in the Georgia Dome weren't pleased that uh, this match got bumped. So I'm surprised that they, I'm not, well, I'm not surprised, but it would be nice if maybe they brought up that point that, you know, it's ironic that last year these two were competing for the United States Championship. They didn't make it to the main card of WrestleMania. They were the, the DVD extra. And now this year, they're competing for the world title. Um, I just hope within the next, you know, two weeks that they, they put a little more importance into this match. But, I, like, I have a feeling it's going to be about Daniel Bryan's treatment of AJ and Sheamus is going to be, you know, the, the the hero, so to speak, trying to convince her that he's not the one for her, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, the, the storyline really hasn't gone much beyond, like, you know, I'm the number one contender and I'm going for your title. Um, and I, it's interesting. I mean, I like Sheamus a lot, and perception, Sheamus is the future of that company. Uh, I think he's got a long-standing uh, career ahead of him. Um, that being said, this is the one match that I'm looking at that has no juice. I mean, even even we discussed earlier the Divas match, and yes, I'm saying it, the Divas match. There's probably a little bit more juice a little more heat in that match than the Sheamus-Daniel Bryan match. You know, I'm not saying I'm looking forward to the Divas match more than, than this match. There's, you know, we're pissed off because you're getting the attention on TV. We should be getting the attention. So, therefore, we're going to kick your ass because we're pissed at you. Well, now, in turn, we're pissed at you, and I'm going to, you know, there's there's some heat there. There's something. I, I just, aside from... This being the match scheduled for the pay-per-view, and this being, you know, Sheamus being the number one contender, I don't, I don't get the heat, which is, it's amazing to me that they haven't been able to build more between these two, because you fear these two should put on a really good match, uh, a very entertaining match, and both guys can go in the ring, both guys are very entertaining, um, different styles. Uh, you know, and I'm looking forward to the match itself to see what these two will do. But as far as the story, I, I got to say, I'm totally like, I'm really not into it. Um, I, and like you said, I'm hoping they, they build something 
uh, going forward with these two? I mean, are they just going to go that route where, you know, O'Brien is being a dick to, to AJ and, and Seamus kind of, hey, you know, maybe to piggyback on his, his anti-bullying stance. Hey, don't don't talk to her like that. That's not how you talk to women. You know, there's a public service message from Seamus. Um, you know, is that, you know, really the, the route they're going to go? Um, what I would love to see out of this whole thing is for AJ to turn. For them to do, okay, we're all expecting that, you know, AJ is the doting little female and, and Daniel Bryan is the big bad bully. Like, for I would love for Daniel Bryan to retain at WrestleMania because AJ winds up doing something really heelish and then comes out that, like, yeah, I was pretending to be a meek, helpless little woman and it was all a ruse that the two of us perpetrated on each and every one of you and we get like a real evil bitch. And then like going forward, maybe you have something where uh, Daniel Bryan really is facilitating uh, AJ's career. And, and maybe we get a run with AJ with the Divas title and the two of them uh, having the, the two championship belts and being like the uh, the it couple in uh, the WWE. Um, but right now, I I don't know. There's just... there's. Nothing aside from just knowing that these two can go and these two can perform. There's nothing about this match that has me excited. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, you know, you mentioned the turn, you know, which would be a pretty good, which would be a pretty good twist to the story. Um, if that, if this is where they're going to go with the storyline, that would be a pretty good payoff um, at WrestleMania for for the actual storyline. Um, I actually thought the turn we talked about on, on the, uh, the Royal Rumble pregame show that I thought that the turn was going to take place then when uh, Big Show, you know, pulled over her, and you know the the storyline was that you know he was careless and you know he, he he abused Daniel Bryan's girlfriend and this that and the other. I thought that's when we were going to see the turn at that point. Maybe we'll see it at WrestleMania, but I, I have been reading reports um, that on you know advertised house show lineups. Uh, some uh, Daniel Bryan and Sheamus will be going at it against each other, um, either one on one. They've been some advertised triple threat matches with Randy Orton involved. And uh, just this morning, I read that uh, they're—I forget where the house show is going to take place—but they're advertising Daniel Bryan, um, Sheamus, and Christian. So uh, with Daniel Bryan and, and uh, Sheamus, it looks like this is just the beginning. That this won't end at WrestleMania, and this is going to go further than WrestleMania. Um, between the two of them, and if they add somebody else into the mix, uh, you know, the more the merrier, I guess. So uh, this is only the beginning. I think there will be more to this to, to the two of them going down going down the road further, regardless of who wins the championship at WrestleMania. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I mean, it's interesting that you kind of threw, uh, you know, when you're talking, you threw Orton in the mix, and that you know, kind of my point that they've kind of uh, you know seemingly thrown together. Orton Kane at WrestleMania. I mean, it's like all of a sudden, like, all right, these two guys hate each other. And, then, and there's more friction, there's more heat between the, those two than between Sheamus and Daniel Bryan. I mean, they, they've built more of a, a hatred between the two of them. And I, I liked kind of on SmackDown when they did the whole, you know, I, I'm, I'm a monster, but I wasn't a monster because I shook your hand and 
So now I, I hate myself, but now I don't hate myself because I'm really evil, but now I have to kill you kind of storyline. Um, you know, and those yeah. two should probably put on a good match. But there's heat. Yeah, there. I, yeah, you're right. There is there is some heat there, and uh, I like I said, with the going into it when they first, you know, now I was like, oh, they, they, you know, Randy Orton, Kane. I'm like, I was kind of hoping to see Randy Orton get added into the title picture because I mean, he's a phenomenal performer, great in the ring, and I think that you know he deserved to be in a high profile championship match. My brother Justin. He brought up a good point when we were talking about Randy Orton and Kane, uh, that match taking place. He goes, Randy Orton is this era's version of what The Undertaker was at WrestleMania. Before the streak ever really got, you know, notoriety and it was a focal point of storylines going into WrestleMania, Undertaker was throwing a lot of duds at him at WrestleMania um, to, to, make, to make him look bigger and stronger. And... Not saying that the matches Randy Orton has had at past WrestleManias have been duds, but he's really only had, like, two high-profile WrestleMania matches that have, that have involved championships. Um, you know, if you look back, Undertaker had gotten Giant Gonzalez and, and King Kong Bundy and, uh, you know, uh, Christ, uh, you know, uh, Sid. You know what I mean? So, like, he, he was always throwing, you know, the, the big guys. And Mark Henry, when Mark Henry wasn't as good, you know, he had Mark Henry in a casket mat. But Orton, in the past few years, he's kind of been snubbed. I mean, Randy Orton competed for the WWE Championship in Orlando at WrestleMania 24, defeating Triple H and John Cena. He won that match, and it was a good victory for him. He had that ultra-good storyline heading into WrestleMania 25 with Triple H, that got a lot of pro, you know got a lot of hype. Granted, he didn't win, and the match was terrible. But he got you know it was he was in a high profile situation, and uh, you know it was the last match on the card. And then for the past two years, he was put in a triple threat with Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase that got like nine minutes on the show, and it was like the third match in the card. And then last year. It was a good storyline with CM Punk, but, it, you know, it wasn't as high profile because you had Triple H and Undertaker. You had Rock hosting the show, Snooki's involvement in WrestleMania, you know, the, 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 the title match with Edge and Del Rio. The Orton match was kind of snubbed and, um, and not given as big a hype as the other matches on the show. So Orton's like, you know, this version of the, this, this era's version of the Undertaker. You know, they'll just, He's got to get a spot in the show. It's guaranteed. He just, you know, he's probably just not going to have as high profile of a spot right now. As time goes on in his career, because he's got, you know, I think he's got quite a few years left, you know, in the yeah. business. He'll probably be, you know, a main event years down the road with a Cody Rhodes or, you know, a, uh, a, a CM Punk, you know, at a WrestleMania. But right now he's just in a spot where, like, all right, we're going to give him Kane because, you know, Orton deserves it, but we're not going to give him a big title match. And, you know, we know he's going to be able to uh, put out a good match with a guy like Kane. And, and the same thing with Kane, too. So that, That's all all good points. You know, you know, Justin's not on the show, so you, you could deal his – you could just say it was your idea. I could, but I'm not, I'm not that kind of person. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give credit, you know, where, where, where credit is due. Uh, so, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully he can, you know, uh, call in one of these days and, uh, you know, share his, uh, his opinion about the wrestling business because he does make some good points. And, uh, you know, uh, he, he's been a, a big topic of uh, debate on the Ken Reedy show on Facebook with uh, yourself and, uh, you know, guys like Pat Crowley and other people that have, 
you know, debated. So it, it, I think his uh, his point would be good. Hopefully, one of these nights he can uh, he can call in. Yeah, it would be cool. I mean, he does have good points, but on the flip side, he's defended the Miz. So you know, both ends of spectrum. <laughs> maybe we'll, maybe we'll have to advertise a show where it's like my brother versus you, and it's a debate about the Miz. It's a debate about anything. Let's see how many people will listen in, especially if it's, if it's Miz, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's funny though with with the Miz, you know, and I I just want to touch briefly on him. But right now, um, my my hatred is for for him. Um, I just think right now cramming him into the card would be a mistake. I, I think the card is pretty much shaping up well. Um, you know, maybe he does something, maybe he does a run in somewhere, but uh, you know, the storyline. Uh, you know, at this point, I mean, he's getting pissy about getting on the card and. Uh, but that's it for him as far as real storylines. Um, I think it works better. And number one, I think it works better for the card not to try and cram him in somewhere and just make him fit in somehow. Secondly, I think it works better for him. Like, I'm willing to accept. I don't like the Miz. I don't like him. I think he's that good. I don't think he's that talented. That being said, I'm willing to accept the fact that he's he's going to be there. And they they still have plans for him, and he's still going to be around. To me, I think for his character where they're going, why not leave him off the card? It gives him something to piss and moan about going forward. Why get he's so yep. pissed right now about not being on Wrestle at WrestleMania? Keep him off the card, and then that Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, he's even more pissed. The biggest must-see champion in WWE history was left off of WrestleMania, I mean, give him a little bit more of an edge. You know, give him something. I, I think right now with him just pissing and moaning, putting him on the card is like, all right, he pissed and moaned, and now we, we found a spot for him. Um, I think it'll give his character a little more juice if they actually if they do leave him off. I think that's where they are going with it. I mean, that, that, that seems to be the clear direction, that they do have plans for him. And, uh, you know, in a, in a high-profile storyline, um, and you know a run in. If you remember a few years back, you know, that, that Muhammad Hassan character, the, uh, the 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 Arab American, you know, he was upset that he was left off the the WrestleMania card. It was WrestleMania 21, and uh, he attacked Eugene, who was who made a surprise appearance in the ring to like you know greet the people and cut a little bit of a promo. And then Hogan came and returned, and it was, you know, the, the evil Arab-American versus the American hero, Hulk Hogan, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Um, so I, I could see, like, I could see at some point, like, if they have any place on the card for it, like if Miz makes a run in, or if, like, Miz comes out and cuts a promo in the middle of WrestleMania talking about how he's upset that he doesn't have a spot on the card, and it leads to something after WrestleMania with somebody else, or maybe they just bring like a legend back, like a, uh, 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 you know, a, a Roddy Piper or, you know, a, a Hacksaw Jim Duggan or somebody to confront him, to, you know, kind of give him a little bit of a rub, you know, they could even set up something where Miz gets a Piper's Pit segment with Roddy Piper at WrestleMania. But I don't think there's, I don't think there's enough room for that. There's eight matches on the card. I don't think there's enough room to put that, uh, on there, but it would be pretty cool if, like, you know, he kind of got into a verbal uh, jousting with uh, Hot Rod. That would be cool. I mean, I would, if you use him in any way on the card, and I don't know if they would do this not advertising him showing up, but I would, you know, maybe even after 
the Divas match. He comes out, does, you know, really, you know, you have this match, but I'm left off the card. Maria from from TV is is on the card, and I'm not on the card. Give him, like, a, a, you know, really a minute at most to, like, piss and moan. Glass shatters, Stone Cold comes down, kicks him in the gut, stuns him, gives him the finger, beer bath, walks off. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I'd like to see that. It would be a short segment, and again, and it gives Miz a little bit of juice the next day, you know, and then I have to, you know, I'm not on the card and I have to worry about getting attacked by by Stone Cold and blah, 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 musty, yada, yada, yada. So I do think like a guy like him, we need, you know, he needs to be, it helps being pissed off and, and him like fighting for something. Um, so if he's yeah. used on the card, I'd, I'd like to see something like that where, you know, he just just some verbiage and, and maybe gets his ass kicked and gives him something to piss and moan about uh, the next night on Monday Night Raw. We, we've reached a point in our program where uh, we've started this new segment. Um, we like it. So, uh, you know, give us a call uh, if, you, if you'd like to add to it, 347-838-9815. Uh, or we'd email Ken. KenRedyShow.com or post it on Facebook. But our new segment is called the Nod of Approval, which we've uh, we debuted last week, and uh, it basically is you know you have those moments when you're watching wrestling where you know silently to yourself uh, you're watching something and then you just you don't even say it. You look at it and you just kind of nod because you know it's good. And so it can be a match, it could be a wrestler, it could be a segment. The nod of approval can be anything you want in the world of professional wrestling. So now, it's time for... The Ken Reedy Show, Nod of Approval. So, Dave, who do you give not approval of approval to? My not of approval this week goes to Chris Jericho on Monday Night Raw during his promo towards CM Punk. Um, CM Punk was competing in a match against, well, people, The Miz, and uh, he came out successful and uh, you know won the match. And then Jericho appeared on the screen and was taunting Punk a little bit, and he had brought up um, how uh, you know how CM Punk became Straight Edge, and uh, you know before he became to you know came to the WWE, and it was due to the fact that CM Punk grew up with a father who was an alcoholic. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, or if that's just something to facilitate a storyline or what have you. But when I first watched it, I thought to myself. Really, they're gonna go there? Like, you know, this feud doesn't necessarily need that. Like, it's, you know, these two are competing over who's the best in the world, and they're competing for the WWE Championship. But then I, after watching it again, I thought back to myself. I was like, all right, this actually does work because Chris Jericho, you know, will do. He's obsessed with the fact that CM Punk thinks he's the best in the world. And he's obsessed with the fact that he thinks that other people are clones of him and copycats of him. And he will go to such great lengths to get under the skin of CM Punk 
and throw him off his game heading towards their championship match at WrestleMania, I thought it was very well done, and it adds something new, and it adds a personal, more of a personal uh, feeling to the storyline because you have Rock and Cena who have personal animosity towards each other. You have Triple H and The Undertaker, the two big hyped matches for WrestleMania, and now the third biggest match on the card, which is the WWE Championship match, has got some more personal feeling to it. This WrestleMania so far, to me, after watching Monday Night, seems to be more of a... um, I, if, if there was any kind of tagline to add to WrestleMania, I would just say it's, it would be like WrestleMania 28. It just got personal. You know, it might not work, but, you know, it just seems fitting for these matches. And now that Jericho has added something personal towards the storyline with CM Punk, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where it goes. And I give my nod of approval to the heel tactics of one crafty veteran known as Chris Jericho. Yeah, it's interesting because we were talking beforehand in show prep, and it, ironically enough, my nod of approval this week goes to CM Punk on reference there. And I do, let me digress for a minute. You know, again, getting back to our conversation about uh, Seamus and Daniel Bryan. You're saying, I, I agree with you. The tagline could be like, you know, this time it's personal or it's getting personal, you know. Um, it does, which is great because, you know, we grew up on rivalries that, you know, we watched Morocco and Snooker, man. You thought those guys hated each other. I mean, there were a lot yeah. of Hogan and Andre, you know, the turn. These guys hate each other. Um, you know, we grew up with the feeling of, you know, most of these matches. And again, back then we weren't told flat out that it was scripted. Um, so we were given these. The, the, the oh, feeling wait, what? personal. Wrestling scripted? Are, are you kidding me? What the hell am I doing on the show in the first place? I thought this shit <laughs> was real, This is wait, real. This is still real to me, damn it. <laughs> the hell? But I I'm not going to WrestleMania. This is bullshit. All right, no, there's a available. If you have not gotten your tickets, I think Dave will be scalping his tickets in there. <laughs> My plane ticket's not refundable, so I still gotta go. <laughs> All right. Um what what I'm I love what I loved about CM Punk, um and it's funny because I, I think I've been more critical of, of some of the stuff CM Punk has done over the years, more more than most. Um and, and I try and be as unbiased as I can and uh, with guys and I like a lot of what CM Punk does, but when there's stuff I don't like, you know, I'll I'll say it and the one thing, I, I was watching everything unfold. I was watching what Jericho was saying. And I was I was sitting there thinking, holy shit, I can't believe he's going there. And again, I'm not 100% sure how the stories had been used before in ROH. I don't know for a fact that this is a genuine fact or this is just storyline. Uh, but I was like, holy shit, he's, he's going there. I mean, he's, he's really sticking it to him. And all I was thinking was, Punk, please, just shut the fuck up. Just shut up. I didn't want him to grab his mic. I didn't want him to, uh, you know, deliver a, quote, pipe bomb. I, I just thought that, like, just silence would speak volumes, and he did that. And I was so psyched that he said nothing. Because there are times where saying something can be so much more powerful. And just... For a guy who, 
over the past year, um, you know, starting with his, his big quote unquote shoot promo uh, last year, uh, you know, a guy who has put together some really kick-ass promos and, and prides himself and, and continues to, you know, use the you know, pipe bomb uh, phraseology when he's he's doing his promos. I, I thought that, that for him to be silent uh, just showed that, you know, it really hit home. It really got to him. And for him to, if he argued back, it would have just been another typical wrestling event. Now, you insulted me. Now, I'm going to insult you back. You know, typical promo versus promo. I, I thought CM Punk was brilliant at keeping his mouth shut. Now, whether that was his decision or to be creative or whoever decided that, but I'm going to give Punk credit because I think Punk has a, probably has a certain amount of uh, input on what happens in his promos or lack thereof. I was so psyched that he kept his mouth shut. I thought that was absolutely brilliant for him to just walk off dejected, uh, not holding the belt aloft, just really looking like he got to me, he got under my skin. A guy who pretty much has, has played himself off as, as being completely in control of every situation since last summer, and even when in a verbal war, never really losing his cool, always kind of you know, having the situation under control, I thought this added just so much depth to the rivalry and uh, depth to to what you you look forward to in the next couple of weeks before WrestleMania. Um, I, I just thought in saying nothing that CM Punk spoke volumes, and I, I just thought he was great. And, um, you know, I think for both of us now, I mean, you know, this segment getting – you know, 50% of the segment getting Dave's nod of approval and 50% of it getting, getting mine. Um, you know, I, I think they, and I said it on previous shows, that I was uninterested in this, you know, you say you're the best in the world, but I'm the best in the world. No, I'm the best in the world. No, 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 you know, I was, I didn't find that interesting. Um, like you said, it's personal now, and it gives this storyline a whole hell of a lot more heat and I I really loved it, and I thought um, they did an excellent job. And we we could debate back and forth, and and they got the glory uh, spots on the show as far as who won, Rock Rock or Cena. Um, to me, uh, if you're going to say quote unquote someone winning or any two people winning, I think that match going into WrestleMania that they won this week, they piqued my interest big time. And uh, CM Punk is going to get my approval. There you go. The, that segment's volume. So for the two of us, there you have it. The Ken Reedy Show, not approval. I just want to keep playing that over and over again. <laughs> you know, going going on that subject just a, just a little longer, uh, it's ironic that the King of the Pipe Bombs was silenced. And, uh, you know, the, the reaction that he had on his face when he was walking out. and I, There was even one, if you noticed, when he was going 
know, uh, heading towards the ramp, there was a fan in the front row that was, like, kind of dressed like, you know, CM Punk with the shirt, and he had the wristbands and the sign or whatever, the CM Punk sign. And he, like, tapped Punk on the shoulder, and Punk just kind of, like, shrugged it off. It was like, leave me alone kind of thing. Um, I thought it's, I, I thought it was done very well. Um, looking back on it a second time, when I first saw it, I was like, really? Like, they got to go there, you know, like I said before. But um, it's it's it definitely makes that match interesting. And it's it's funny that we bring up that match because last week they were talking about, like, match orders on the card and how they're going to space out some of these big matches. There's heavy talk that CM Punk and Chris Jericho, because they want to give that match a good amount of time, they want to put this possibility that they're going to put that match on first to open up WrestleMania. Because I don't think if you put it on later, I think if you put it on later in the card and you sandwich it in between Hell in the Cell and Rock and Cena, that the audience in in in, in, uh, in Miami in the stadium won't be as interested in it because the other two matches are, you know, first of all, Hell in the Cell will probably have some, you know, big moments that will, you know, excite the crowd and, and, and exhaust them in some way. And then you put the title match on and it will almost feel like, in some ways, a diva match, like, oh, shit, like, we got another big, I'm exhausted from watching that match, like, all right, I'm going to take a piss, I'll be, you know, and then we'll, we'll just we'll just come back with Rock and Cena go on, you know? Like, I have that, you know, I have that feeling that that's where it, where, it would, where it would turn to, but the rumor is, is that they want to put that on first and give it enough time, and it would be the first time in WrestleMania history that the WWE Championship was put on to open the show. Last year, the World Championship was put on to open the show, which I thought was a pretty cool move. But this year, if they decide to go that route, Punk and uh, Punk and Jericho will open up the show, which I think will be pretty cool. And I think they'll get enough time, and it'll be a good opener to get people excited. And uh, it will be something to remember, in my opinion, that the both, both guys can work, and the storyline's gotten better, and it, hopefully it will get better as uh, the next uh, two weeks go on. So, yeah, I mean... Let's rock and roll. Yeah. Oh, I, I, it's funny because, like, you know, I, I mean, a lot of people criticize and, like, you know, I mean, obviously the main event's the main event, and that's that's the glory spot of the card. But I know it's like, you know, whole how, how dare they put those two to to open the the show? Um, you know, it's funny because I'm in a band. Actually, I'm in two bands, and if you, if you look at it, you know, check your egos uh, about like, you know order and whatever, and just look at, like, putting on a paper, like putting on a show. You know, when we create our set list, we try and, like, grab people by the balls right away. First couple songs, we try and really, you know, oh, here we are, you know. And then usually a couple of our slower songs, maybe a couple of our edgier, but, like, you know, angsty kind of songs, you know, come after it. And the, the set list will kind of come down a bit. And then, like middle middle of the set, we bring the crowd back up again, and then it comes down. And the end of the set, we you know we have a couple songs that are a big finale. So you can't, like you can't keep a crowd, no matter how good you are, you can't keep a crowd, you know, completely a hundred percent amped up for three hours. You can't do it. So you, you want a show, a good show, to have an ebb and flow, and you really don't want a show. To, you know, have shit for, like, you know, two hours, and then the last hour has all the great shit. You want, so you want to kind of blow the doors off to start something. 
So it shouldn't be looked at as a negative thing for a, a match to open a card, especially like WrestleMania, because to me, you want that first match to be like, fuck yeah, we're at WrestleMania. WrestleMania is here. You know, you want that first match to get the crowd up and, and going. Uh, yeah, that match just kicked ass. We just sat our ass in the seat. The show started, and I'm already amped up. And that's kind of what you want. So, yeah, if these two open up the show, I have no doubt that they're going to, you know, start the show off with with a bang, which is, you know, essentially what you want out of WrestleMania. Yeah, the open, the opening match is almost as important as the main event. Because you got to set the tempo for the for the show, and uh, with a match like that, I think that would be a perfect. Uh, it wouldn't devalue the championship. It wouldn't devalue the storylines, like some people have said online. It would, you know, it, 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 like I said, it's just as important as, it, or almost as important as the main event. Um, you want to have something to start off hot, and you want to have something to end real hot, so that you know, you you walk away from it. It's like, damn, top to bottom, that show kicked ass. You know right, what I mean? You got to grab a crowd by the balls when when you you start. You know? and using the analogy to, like, to the band, you know, not that I, I mean people buy tickets. No one's going to leave WrestleMania, but you know, we we do our set list. You know, our whole thing is like the first couple songs. We got to make the people who just stopped at the bar to have one drink think, you know, damn it, I'm not leaving because these guys are good. You know, and that's that's what we think of like with that first song. It's like we got to hook the the crowd, people that we don't know, that maybe thought I'm just gonna go out for a little while and then go home. We want to hook those people into shit. I want to stay, and that's kind of what the first match at a WrestleMania or any uh, wrestling event should do: grab a crowd uh, by the balls. Now we have some news, and we'd like to thank. Actually, your brother posted this on our Facebook on the Ken Reedy Show. Um, reports are right now that The Rock tweeted today that he has arrived in Philadelphia for Raw tomorrow, and he has a surprise in store. Quote. Interesting. Philadelphia. What was that? I'm sorry. Uh, who, 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 uh, who, who broke this news? Uh, Justin actually uh, posted it on the Kennedy Show Facebook, and it's from WrestlingNewsSource.com. He posted the article that uh, The Rock tweeted, Philadelphia, damn good to be here. Been too long. I have a little surprise for you on Raw. Hashtag, I the Tiger. So we shall see. Obviously, if you've lived under a rock for the past 20, 30 years, uh, maybe you don't know, but Obviously, I Have a Tiger, theme song for Rocky III. Uh, Rocky was from Philadelphia, so who knows? Is Rock going to be running the stairs uh, in Philly? Who knows? But it says The Rock is going to be there, which I find very interesting because we've discussed on this show that uh, generally they don't do they do not do Rock appearances without advertising them. Uh, they do whatever they can to get as much as many ticket sales as they can, uh, out of Rock appearances, so I, I think this is cool. I think this is neat that uh, The Rock is going to be there now. Surprise appearance. What do you think? I, I, I'm, I'm thrilled with it. I, I think he, should, I, to, to, to me personally, from the end of you know the, the night after Elimination Chamber, granted he wasn't on, but you know for this match and the, the, the magnitude of it, he should be on every Raw leading up to WrestleMania on television. Um, you know, and and you know I wouldn't. 
I would dare say that, you know, granted Raw and SmackDown, you know, guys are on both shows, and Raw is a live audience, and they get more viewers, but, you know, you advertise that The Rock would maybe be on SmackDown, um, I think that would I think I think that would help that show and boost their ratings up a little bit. Granted, they're the highest rated show on Sci-Fi, but it's a, Friday nights are terrible for television because people go out on Friday nights. Yes, yeah, so, yeah I agree. Uh, I wrestled the SmackDown before WrestleMania. I mean, it's great if you had The Rock on Raw and SmackDown that last week before WrestleMania. But uh, it would be cool. it would be kind of funny, is you know Philadelphia talked about Rocky. Rock comes out and he's you know he does his promo in front of the you know the Rocky Balboa statue and all of a sudden he announces that you know the actress that plays Adrian in the movie is going to escort him to WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shire. And then, and then John and then John Cena you know, says, "Well, I'll do one better. I got Carl Weathers in my corner." So. <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, Sylvester Stallone has had you know ties with professional wrestling. He's a fan. He's been on the Hall of Fame broadcast. Obviously, he brought Hulk Hogan in to do Rocky III. Um, you know, he has had ties to the world of professional wrestling. Um, you know, do we have a Stallone sighting tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw? The yeah, Rockets. I don't know about that. I don't know about the Rockets, that. But, oh, the Rockets got us. Was it? I don't I mean, it's going to be interesting regardless. You know, that, it's pretty cool, you know. I thank my brother for, you know, breaking the news to uh, everyone on the Ken Reedy Show Facebook. But, uh, yeah, the uh, it's going to be interesting to have Rock on. Um, you know, John Cena's in a match, so I don't know what necessarily Rock's going to do, per se. He's got, he says he's got a surprise. But, yeah, no, it's cool. I, like I said, he should be on, he should be on every show leading up to WrestleMania, especially with this main event. So, uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe they do something which would, be, which would be cool and would work for, for this storyline if they did something where... You know, I mean, obviously Mark Henry is involved in the GM match. Um, you know, maybe there's a couple of run-ins. You know, maybe a, you know, a, a few people come in and then start beating the hell out of, out of Cena, and you know, maybe The Rock comes down and clears the ring and leaves. And and then, you know, next time we hear The Rock speak, he says, you know, one of the, you know, and they've done it before in wrestling, but you know, I want, I don't want any excuses. When I kick your ass, I don't want the excuse that you were banged up from your beatdown on Raw, and that's why I saved you. Um, you know, some shit like that. Um, you know, something like that might work. Um, I, I I do think that we're not going to see it, – it, it's not going to be clean. However, the match ends with Cena and uh, uh, – Mark Henry, I don't think the ending's going to be clean. So, you know, maybe we have something like that. Maybe, you know, adding a little bit to the physicality. Um, but, again, the two of them not putting their hands on each other. Yeah. So we only got a couple minutes left. A great show. But just to reiterate, remember, WrestleMania weekend. We'll be down there live in Miami, basking in the sun Get ready for the show of shows that I cannot wait for. But remember, we go Sundays. Next weekend, there will be no show. Next weekend, we are taking off. And the Sunday WrestleMania weekend, well, the Sunday WrestleMania, the Saturday, March 31st, all the same day, we will be doing a show 2 to 4 p.m., calling in. Uh, you know, same as always, three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five two to four p.m. 
on Saturday, March 31st, and live in quote-unquote studio will be the Hurricane Shane Helms. Thank you, Dave, for working diligently on booking him for our show. Oh, well, you're welcome, and, you know, th- th- thank you to Shane, if you're listening, for uh, for uh, for doing this. I, I, you know, Ken and I, if I can speak for Ken, we both greatly appreciate it, and uh, we're looking forward to having you on, and uh, it's going to be a good time. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's Big things are coming for the Ken Reedy Show. Yeah, we are stepping up. Last week's show, Tommy Dreamer. Next show, we got Shane Helms. I mean, we're, we're moving. We're taking over. Yeah, we're moving on up to the east side. <laughs> With that deluxe apartment in the sky. So I'd like to thank you, Dave, again. Another great show. If you if you want to react to anything we said here today, you have a nod of approval you'd like to mention, check us out on Facebook. Email me, Ken, at the Ken Reedy Show. That's, again, Ken at the Ken Reedy Show. And remember, WrestleMania weekend, March 31st, the Saturday, 2 to 4 p.m. Check us out. For now, peace out. Thank you for listening. Take care, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.